Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where we have deep, intimate conversations about self-empowerment and future existence. I am an intuitive healer and a light leader who has been called to activate other light leaders. So I'm curious, are you one of them? So by listening, lean in and see if you are ready to be that eternal potential you've been called to be. Using your bravery, your talents, your tenacity, can you be innovative and adventurous in order to activate your life and lead from that place? This is where we learn how to love ourselves from the inside out and love the whole world over and over again. Enjoy the show. Welcome to February on Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. And under the the theme of Be Potential for 2024, the subset for February, the word is eternal. Eternal. So eternal means without beginning or end. Yeah, right? Always existing, perpetual, enduring, immutable, infinite, I would add. And we felt that part of recognizing your eternal beingness would be to embrace it, right? To embrace the enigmatic part of you or the mystery of you that resides within you all the time, all the time, 24-7, even when you're sleeping. You are, we are, every being on this planet is an eternal spark of the divine, And when we can embrace that idea, really embrace it, then at least for me, it takes some of the um, needing to get things done out of it, needing to fix things, needing to have others be different so I can feel safe and comfortable, being recognizing and embracing that mysterious, eternal being that you already are really kind of helps just take the sting out of life. It really does, you guys. So this month, we've got some really, again, amazing people that I've had juicy conversations with. I'm so blessed to do what I do and um, and celebrate that. So eternal. Think about it. And meanwhile, if you're looking for... Um, extra support, go to susanburrell.com, click on the Insight Timer app and listen to my guided meditations or get my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey, or my inspiration cards, which are affirmations that you can just pull a card, read it, tuck it in your pocket and go about your day and you read it again when you need some inspiration. Anyway, eternal. Enjoy our show. Oh, you guys, this, I got this, this author, and I have already connected energetically, happily, joyfully. Um, and his book uh, came across my desk, like they do. Um, and I was caught by the title. And then I got the book and I opened it up. And I, I have done a ton of notes and things, you know, because it's, this is a really, wonderful book. And I'll tell a story about it in a minute. But the book is called You Are Enough. Enough. No. Enough as you are. That was that was my dyslexia, everybody. I am 
Enough As You Are by Scott Stabile. Or Stabile. 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 So, Scott, welcome to Empowering Chats. Thanks for being here. Oh, Susan, thank you so much. I'm really happy to meet you. I'm happy to be here with you. So, Enough As You Are, the title, uh, let's, where, where did... Where did that come from out of your um, experience or out of your uh, psyche, your intuitive? Where did it come from? You know, for a, for a long time in the work that I do, whether it's in writing or speaking, I'll often end the pieces uh, with, you know, remember you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are enough just as you are. And and I've I've really come to believe in the power of self-love as one of, I, I see love just as a little, I mean, maybe I should step back a second. Yeah. I see love as the most powerful force we have to work with and play play with in this reality. And, and when I speak about love, I'm really speaking about it as an umbrella term that encompasses kindness and forgiveness and empathy and compassion and all the things that we're all longing to give and receive. So I've been making noise, a lot of noise for the power of love for many years because I see it as, as the one energy that can actually create healing in our world, right? I, I know I'm yeah. teaching to the choir with you, Susan. But well, you, you just landed in the exact right place to have this conversation because that's, that is uh, my, my experience and my belief and, and the power of love is is a frequency. So therefore everyone has access to it. It's 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 a it's a not, you know, I mean it can be touchy and feely, but it's a frequency that reverberates around each and every individual and within each and every individual. And I love that you're advocating and talking about it because I think up until lately, uh with all the the transformative um, work that happened in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, up until now kind of thing, it was, oh, you must, you feel broken. You're acting broken. You must fix yourself. Let me tell you how you fix yourself. But that's not, that we have transitioned in the last year or two into we are already fixed. Yeah. So enough as you are is such a brilliant, brilliant statement. Yeah, because that's for me, the invitation of love is always that you are enough, that you are beautiful, that you are worthy. There, there are never any conditions. Even the idea of unconditional love is redundant because the moment you, att- in my, everything I'm I saying agree. is my understanding of things and how I experience the world. Like the moment you attach conditions to love, it's no longer love. It becomes something else. It becomes something of the mind. And what I know, what, I, what I've come to see is not only is the power of love what can ultimately create healing and what we need to create healing, because there are a lot of change agents. It's like anger is an extre- extraordinarily powerful change agent, but anger on its own is not going to create healing. You have to support it with love if you want to find healing from whatever it is you're experiencing, in, in my belief. And the more I've, the longer I've been on this path and the more writing I've done and speaking, I've really come to discover that my path is, is really rooted in self-love because one, 
because love doesn't really, it's never just about self. Love is always transcendent. It's so expansive. It's so abundant that any energy you're giving to love of self is energy that's serving the people around you and the planet on the whole. You can trust that. And then also knowing that I am in relationship with myself 24-7 for the extent of my life, as is everyone else. And if we do not prioritize that relationship, it forms the foundation from which we experience everyone and everything throughout our lifetime. So the more we come into wholeness and alignment and love with ourselves, the more we are naturally going to be offering that to the world around us. I, I, I am in complete agreement with you, Scott. And, um, the, the, so, so were you born just loving yourself, Scott? Did you come <laughs> into this life going, Ooh, I love myself. Well, I should say, yes, I think we're probably all born loving ourselves and that gets conditioned out of us very quickly, Rapidly. As a, you know, and so we grow away from the essence of who we are. Of course, we get buried by societal conditionings, by parental conditioning, by religious conditioning, by governmental conditioning, you know, all of it. And um, I would say that that I got back into understanding the power of love in my early 20s. Like I really started, it, it, it mirrored getting involved with a cult, which is a very long story, but I will say I was in a cult for a bit. And at the time, the message of that cult was one of love. And that really awakened me to this idea that love can be the priority in my life. Because I was just, I had just moved to San Francisco outside of college, was considering becoming an attorney, got a job at a law firm, was somewhat career focused, but not really in my heart. And then I was meeting all these people who were talking about peace and love as their, their major mission. I was living in San Francisco in the Haight-Ashbury district, of course. And of course. But it, it really did awaken me to something that felt really true inside, which is like, this I can vibe with, making making love the priority and that trusting by doing so where I will be led through that connection is how I'm going to let my path unfold, right? Like if I can be led by my heart. Oh, I love it. My commitment yeah. to love, then the things that unfold before me are likely to support that commitment and to support my life. And of course, I mean, I'm 52 now. This was this was in my 20s, so it's been a whole world of growing and learning and falling away from things and back into them over these years. But I have stayed firmly rooted in my understanding that love is our greatest healer. Mm -hmm. Whether or not I was still deeply connected to my path in that way, you know. <laughs> Oh, my dogs are barking. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I totally relate to that, Scott, about the coming in and falling out of and, you know, because uh, I, I just want everybody to know it it is a journey. And and we talk about this on the show a lot of, of uh, self-growth, evolution, and things like that. And so it's ongoing. It's, a, it's not like the, all of a sudden, like you said, said, oh, love is my priority. And now you get to sit back and go, I love myself, right? It's an active, it's an active work. It's absolutely active. And, and Susan, what I've really come to internalize more than ever in these past years is that no matter where you are on that trajectory, or if you're even on that trajectory, if you're on a, 
a conscious healing path or not, you are enough as you are. And that's really the essence of what I'm trying to convey in this book for anyone who picks it up is that we are really conditioned to believe that our worth is predicated on accomplishment or our looks or how handsome our partner is or how smart our children are. All these things that are really wonderful if they add meaning to your life and they have zero to do with your worth. And when you can really come to understand that your worth is inherent, you are born worthy and you will die worthy, it completely transforms how we show up in our lives. It shifts us from like, I mean, people listening can't really see me, but I feel like when I'm connecting to my worth, I am expansive. I am like, my arms are out, my chest is forward in this 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 grounded, rooted way of like, I am enough. And what that invites into my life are relationships and circumstances that respond to that energy. And conversely, when we fall prey to the lie that we are unworthy unless, or that we are not enough, and we, you know, how I am now, I'm like slumped over and closed off. And when you move through the world energetically that way, how the world responds to you is entirely different. And the more awareness we bring to how we show up in the world and how the world responds in kind, the more empowered I believe we are to prioritize the relationship we have with ourselves. And I love that. I love that you say prioritize the relationship we have with ourselves. It's it's interesting, you know, I I have clients and some of them will say, oh, I had a really good day. Well, how were you feeling? Oh, I was feeling really happy, and I, you know, and and and, and I give people mantras, and and my one complaint is, I love and respect myself. I love, you know, when she goes out in the world, and she, and suddenly she's having a happy day, and people are being nice to her, and then you know, another day she's grumpy and meet meet me, and nothing's going her way, and I'm like, okay, go back, go back to love. Just go back to love. Go back to love. That's all there is is love. So. Yeah, and and the the gift of that for me has been that you know uh, this world is is can be wildly difficult as we know and mm-hmm. being a human in this lifetime can be wildly difficult and the great gift of self-love and getting in in good relationship with yourself is knowing that no matter how you're able to show up for the world around you even if you're taken into a place of deep hopelessness because you're seeing so much violence and instability or you know powerlessness or whatever it is when you have strengthened the relationship we you have with yourself my experiences of that is that no matter what i'm feeling even if what i'm feeling is really down or even if i'm listening to the voice of my mind that is self abusive yet again there is a part of me that is so practiced at showing up with compassion and grace that it's always there. And the gift of that always being there, the gift of always having a voice that is there to remind me, hey, honey, you're human. This this too is okay. And this too is okay. And you're beautiful. Even if you failed, you're beautiful and you're loved and failed, you know, quote unquote. Because Right, that right, 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 right. Really. It's, it's like that voice is so practiced within me that it allows me to show up in my life more courageously because I know that even if I take risks that don't work out how I would want to, that on the other side of that risk, I am there for myself as my best friend to remind myself that, hey, no worries, baby. You're beautiful. I love you. I've got you. And I can't think of a greater gift than knowing 
I've got myself and, and what that has done for my life and knowing that that is the potential within each of us. When I, by saying this, I'm nobody special. Like I, like you, Susan, I believe, I see love as an energy, which means it is an energy that is alive within us and outside of us always. And always. so for me, the practice of being with love is just deciding I'm going to play with this energy right now. I am going to ask myself, what is this energy inviting me to do? How is it asking me to show up for myself and for others? And when we ask ourselves that question, and when we really answer it, the, the invitation is always going to be something that is pure and positive because that is the nature of love. Yes. And it's always going to be of service because that is the nature of love. It's not always going to be easy because sometimes it's much easier to go to like this, screw you, man, like when someone's showing up in this antagonistic, disrespectful yeah. way. The last choice sometimes we our mind wants us to make is a loving one. Right. Yes, it's available to us. So I want to read everybody, because uh, uh, this taps on what you just said, Scott. Something okay. out of Scott's book. Um, so you say, love reminds me. Love reminds me I have nothing to be ashamed of and therefore don't need to numb myself out of shame. I like that. Love encourages me to find forgiveness so that I don't have to escape my anger and blame. I'm relating to all this. It has, I don't know if anybody else is, but I am. Uh, <laughs> love pushes me to seek connection so that I am no longer compelled to be destructive in my loneliness. Love insists that I am worthy just as I am and that I am strong enough to accept and love myself without needing to mask my truth. Every single time I choose love, I'm choosing my health and well-being. And the more I choose love, the more likely I am to create for myself the kind of life I won't need to escape from. That was the first thing I, that was the first one I opened to. I got more. Um, but that is just like nail on the head uh, or head on the nail, hammer on the head. One yeah. and a <laughs> Um Because I don't know that we've not as a culture and as probably humanity been taught to see that we're enough and that and that and so there's all these different ways of escapism that we've grown into think is uh natural you know that you know and the next generation will have another set of escapisms if um we don't really start teaching how to love ourselves first and like you say prioritize ourselves in that love i think it's a you you got it going, Scott. You got it going. Thank you. And also, honestly, Susan, to remember for me, what's been really helpful for me is also understanding even when I'm not able to show up for myself in what I would see as the healthiest way, I'm no less worthy of love. I'm no less worthy in general. Because I think that especially those of us who are on a conscious spiritual path, you know, a conscious loving path, sometimes what ends up happening is we can shame and judge ourselves against a more evolved version of ourselves that we'd like to be instead of yeah. bringing to who we are this understanding that, hey, this is who you are right now. This is what you're choosing to do. Maybe right now you're choosing to escape because everything feels overwhelming. That too is human and that too is okay. Like, can we not love ourselves still even when we're not showing up how we ideally would like to be? You know, for me, love so here, is all, it's always supporting everything. I, 
Yes. So, and your book is like supporting everything about love. <laughs> so here's, so I opened up to another place and okay. it's just what you just said. Try loving that part of yourself that is unable to love all the parts of yourself. Yes. Okay. I got chills. I got chills. That was like, oh yeah, you can just start with one simple piece. You don't have to go in, in when you're doing the, the whatever, acting out or whatever, you don't have to tr then try and accept all those pieces. Just find that one piece you can love right now. Yes. Right, because that's part of it. Like we all want to look, we all want to look in the mirror and accept everything about ourselves, right? But the reality is there are aspects that may never accept everything about ourselves and true acceptance allows for those places within us as well. Like I'm not interested in going to war with any aspect of who I am, not even my self-abusive mind that tries to convince me I'm lazy and unworthy and stupid, even that part I, I don't internalize those messages the way I used to because I do practice at self-love. At the same time, I'm not here to go to war with my mind when I'm not agreeing with it because all war does ultimately is create more war. And yes. any part of who we are, even the parts that are hard to look at, like I can be wildly envious, I can be wildly jealous. Like these are aspects of my personality. And even those parts, my practice now is you two are welcome here. You're challenging, but you two are welcome here because because what I found myself doing, Susan, so often was trying to stifle these yes. parts of myself and lock them in the dungeon, and they were just pounding on the walls to get out. And the more I welcome them in and also recognize that they are aspects of an insecure and fear-based mind and they don't reflect the love in my heart, but they are welcome because they are part of me, it diffuses the noise that they make. That has been my experience with it. So that's what I'm playing with in my life. Everything that's about you, I'm about, you are welcome. Not and, I, and I love that, you guys. That's a really great, uh, and I start, it's so funny, you mentioned the word welcome because about uh, a week ago or more, I started wel welcoming aspects of myself and, you know, or welcoming my life, welcoming the fabulousness of my, because my life's pretty fabulous, but welcoming it instead of feeling guilty and ashamed about it, you know, I welcome my life, the truth of my being. Um, so, but t can we do like a little sidebar, Scott, because what you just said about war creates more war within our minds. Well, and then look what the state of affairs are, right? And war is creating more war, is creating more war until, right. until you know, it stops, whatever that means, whatever it looks like. So, um, one of the things I've been advocating is because you in welcoming all the parts of yourself into the circle, I see things in circles, but into the circle, then each of those aspects gets gets to be seen and heard in a in a way that is respectful. That's what it sounded like you were just saying, right. So because yes, because ultimately, I'll use envy as an example. I've had the experience before when I'm getting envious. I remember talking to a friend of mine years ago, dear friend, got a big promotion at work, was making a lot more money. Da, da, da. I was extremely happy for him the moment he told me. And then within 15 seconds, I could see my, I could feel myself going into this envy. Like, look at him. He's doing great. Like comparison in that, that story. 
And what I was trying to do at that time was pretending, oh, I'm not really envious. This is what I'm saying to myself. This is all right. dialogue. This isn't really going on. This isn't really going on. But by by trying to stifle something that is real, you can't deny what's real. Everything here is energy. When your body is feeling it, no matter what you're telling yourself, you know what you're feeling in your body. And so the practice I ha have now is when I'm feeling that envy come up, internally I'm just saying, this is envy. This is every human being on the planet with a human mind has envy at some point. It's totally natural. It's totally okay. And, and, and what that does for me is just to allow the envy to show up without feeling like the envy in that moment is owning me because I'm allowing it in. I'm acknowledging this is a product of my mind and yet it's a part of myself because my mind is a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm always, well, I won't say always, but when I remember often asking myself, how is love inviting me to show up in this moment? And what is this envy inviting me to look at about my life? What is it about this person that I am really envying? And in in there are, are there ways in which I could bring more of that into my life in a way that might create more fulfillment or more meaning? So instead of turning envy into just this ugly monster, I could also see it as a beacon, as a, you know, showing me something that is out there that I want to cultivate in my life in a bigger way. Oh, yes. And so that's, and that's really great that you said that because that is, is how we notice that we want to grow more, right? Absolutely. Said, and I don't want to basically, oh, sorry, please go ahead. No, but you said cultivate and, and that, and we, if we focus, if we are aware enough to get that, what that person has, I want to take, you know, that that's not the way to do it, that the cultivating and, and growing towards whatever it is that you want, that the envy triggered is, is much healthier, much healthier. Absolutely. And, and for me, again, that starts with so much of what we're talking about starts with awareness, just simply bringing awareness to the moment, to how you're feeling in the moment, to how what you're feeling correlates to what you're thinking about, to getting honest with yourself. Am I reacting from a place of conditioning or authenticity? If the answer is conditioning, how can I steer myself more toward authentic responses to the experience in front of me, right? How can I start, uh, I, I've said this often, if, if in my workshops, it's like if you take one thing, if I could say one thing to people, it would essentially be pay attention to the choices you're making in your life. And as often as possible, when those choices are feeling good, do more of them. And if the choices are feeling depleting or toxic, eliminate them. And if we did no other thing in our lives but but that, we would change our lives overnight. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love that because you say it in the beginning of the book uh, about living in your truth, living in your truth versus the conditioning of the world. And, and it caught me because I was... So thank you, Scott, because this morning in my journaling practice, I was claiming I'm going to stand in my truth. But when I read Living in Your Truth, I was like, oh, that just feels so much better. It's just softer and more connected and flowing as opposed to I'm going to make a stand in my truth. Well, what the hell? You know? And, and even, that, it, even that living in it, standing in it, being with it, 
is all a process because mm -hmm. what I've come to discover, the more honest I get with myself is like, I wasn't even, oh, I'm not even always aware of what's true for me. Our conditioning runs so deeply within us at times that unless you're really, really committed to an honest relationship with yourself, sometimes we we kid ourselves about what's real and what's most true for us. But when we start on this path and when we commit ourselves to this, this path and we start asking ourselves questions, well, wait a minute, I'm saying this right now, but in my body, I'm not really feeling totally aligned. What's going on here? Maybe what I'm saying isn't actually articulating what feels most true for me. And yeah. where is there room to play with that? You know, and I know you and I, I, I suspect I can speak for you in this way. I'm certainly a person. I love this kind of play. Like for me, the, the, the path of awakening, the path of healing, of personal development, of self-love is fa endlessly fascinating. It is fascinating. Also, right? Like I, I'm, I'm endlessly curious about what is going on within me. And because I know that that curiosity is leading me to places that do feel more authentic and do yeah. feel more in alignment with who I am and, and the gifts that come from that heart alignment, that alignment with source, they're, they're endless. Yeah. And you know, Scott, it feels, uh, well, the, the timing of all of this, right, is um, it's necessary that I feel like I meet more people that are wanting to live more um, honestly with themselves, right? living their truth and um and less hiding from and when uh when i meet these people um well i was just with a, a group of college friends and it was interesting to see the ones that just wanted to keep hiding and i just did a little gentle how about did can you see this do you see and everybody else could see you know the person being this beautiful light you know and all this stuff but that, but the one person that was still hiding, but hiding from herself, not not us, because we can see it; it's clear. So that so that putting your prioritizing yourself first. Oh my God, I can't even tell you how many women, because I work with women mostly, and how many women just feel so um, unworthy and not enough and not empowered, and you know, and and I was one of them, but. Now, when I when I witness these these people that are it, it's it is it's another way of harming yourself by Absolutely. not loving and respecting yourself. It just is harmful. And women are conditioned in a very different way than men. And one of the conditionings women get is put everyone else ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Take care of everyone else and smile your way through it. And it's such BS. And yet we internalize the conditioning that we get still. Yeah, well, there hasn't been enough models yet uh, of of how you live that life, at least as a woman with a family and, you know, That's children. And there isn't enough uh, in my mind that, you know, like the soccer moms, who, how do they have time to take care of themselves? And they have, and, but like you said earlier, prioritizing your life so that you, and the love you give yourself comes first is how we can all get through our day. Well, and then also understanding that that how that looks for each individual will be wholly different. It's like yes, a hundred people prioritizing self-love 
are going to show up in their lives very differently based on what their personalities are drawn to, what, you know what I mean? So it's like yes. understanding that that is the great gift of of really getting in deeper relationship with yourself. It's going to foster an authenticity that can only be brought about by love. And And what I really feel called to say right now is that it doesn't matter what your relationship with yourself has been like until this point, because it is always what we do from this moment on that matters the most, which is to say it is never too late to get in a more harmonious, loving relationship with yourself. Never, ever. It's never too late to create change in our lives, in in our in ourselves. Absolutely. So, and and it's it's never too late. It's hard to shift patterns, but it it's it's certainly not impossible. And again, the first thing that starts is bringing awareness. Wait a minute. I've been living in this pattern for the last 10 or 20 or 30 years, and it is absolutely not serving me. So, or the world. Or the it world. Serve the world. Right. Hallelujah. Or the world. So you know, what, what, what can I do that might serve me in a, in a more meaningful way? Well, in, an, in, a, in a way that is not egotistical. Because you're not taught, I, I don't get a, any whiff of ego, anything off of you, Scott. And usually when I, I talk to people that have that, I'm like, I, I, I'm just going to go over here and you can. Yeah. So because what you're talking about is is really um, truth. And there's lots of people that want would want to manipulate the wording or the, um, what do I want to say? In calling people to learn how to love themselves first and prioritize that, um, there are people in the world that are not necessarily asking you to do that for your benefit. And in order to make sure that you are serving, because what you said earlier- I was in a cult. I told you. I know that. Love is a servant. It is a servant. It's, it's, we serve. I serve. I, I, I talk about, I serve love. I serve love. And then all the uh, radiances of love, I, that's what I serve. And, and I serve it with intention to clear the hate, the shame, the, the, all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. And if our leaders, world leaders, could finally get to a point of recognizing that their actions are coming out of uh, not loving themselves, having a priority that is not about love and wholeness and well-being and worthiness, but it's it's out of that old modality of I'm going to take action so I can have more, and that's that's stuffing the hole that exists within these individuals because they haven't investigated how can I love myself. This yeah, but it's like we can't wait for the leaders, honestly, nope. because that's never going to happen until more and more of us are that's so right. deeply rooted in the energy of love and the power of love that that it is demanded by our energy. But in even demand, it's a harsh word. It's the it, it's it would be the only natural response to the, an overwhelming population of people who are no longer willing to accept actions and words that aren't aligned with love. That's right? it. It's on each of us, honestly. If what this is for me, the the other question I ask myself a lot is like, 
who who do I want to be within the face of the world that I'm seeing? Whether I view this world as flourishing or imploding, how do I want to stand within it? And for me, that answer is always to stand in love, to live in love, to be in love. And that's all I have control over, that we yes. only have control over how we're choosing to show up. Yes. And I appreciate I appreciate the work you're doing with this podcast and in your work because because we need people who are making noise for the power of love and sending out that invitation again and again and again, I believe. I'm I, I, 100% agreement. It's, I have been called to activate light leaders. What, what the hell? And that's exactly, you know, it, and it and it's because of the power of love, like you're talking about. The people, the when I work with individuals, not even work with them, walk by them and say something kind and loving, they just, their heart just opens, you know, and giving a kindness in terms of a, a compliment, especially to women, because women, women complimenting women is, is, can be uh, sometimes a catty thing. It, 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 you know, this is the whole women thing, but a woman, woman to woman and looking someone in the, in the eyes and say, oh my goodness, you're beautiful today. Yeah. What you, and, and it's not about what they're wearing. It's looking in their eyes and seeing the truth of their being. It just melts their, their, um, armor, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone listening to this, and I know this is Again, this is because of conditioning that happens for women. There, there can be a resistance to talk about self-love because the selfishness alarm goes off. And the last thing people want to be, especially women, I feel, is to be seen as selfish. And what I really want to make clear about self-love is that it is the most beautiful selfishness that exists on this planet because the energy of love always transcends self. So you can trust that any energy you are giving to deepening the relationship you have with yourself is absolutely going to be of service to every single person in your life and our planet on the whole. It is, in my experience, the only possibility with love. It exactly. is all giving all the time. So don't let these ideas or these stories or this societal conditioning around selfishness prevent you from really taking a deep dive into your relationship with yourself. It's going to serve everyone into everything. Absolutely. Oh, that's so well said. So well said, Scott. So I just want to read one last thing. Please, I love when you read. That, 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 that I uh, opened up to, you know. So everybody, the, uh, enough as you are. This book, um, I teach uh, some of my friends to just when I give a book, I said, just open it up. Don't read it from beginning to end. Just open it up. This is that book. This is that book. I'm talking to my girlfriends that I just was, this is that book. You open it up and there's exactly what you need to hear. I, I got like, I had like 15 of them this morning, but um, so this is the, the last thing I want to read. Okay. I am becoming more relaxed with who I am and more gentle with myself when I'm not, when I'm not able to relax with who I am. I am committed to this gentleness. With it, I remind myself I am hu human. And even when I disappoint myself or others, I am worthy and I am loved. Mm -hmm. Scott, thank you for this. You know, you guys, I, I, I gave this book as gifts at Christmas. That's how passionate I, I am about just being able to open up the book and get inspired. 
and I have chills. I have chills just shooting down me. Wow. <laughs> so, Scott, thank you so much for being the love in the world and radiating it around the planet. Thank you for this book. Thank you for the gift of you being you. And everybody, um, check out what else Scott does because he does workshops and things. And it's at his website, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Stabile, S-T-A-B-I-L-E.com. And you can order the book there, right? Through there if you want. Sure. Or yeah. through wherever. Yeah. <laughs> wherever. Thank All right, you so my much, Susan. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are. I am I am in deep appreciation. Yeah. Mutual. Thank you. So I'm I'm just gonna end with and so it is namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.